Behind every bit of mom wisdom is a story. A story of a real mom and real kids just trying to love each other well. Whether you're cozied up on the couch with a mug of coffee, pulling out of car line and heading to work, or out for a walk, you're welcome to join us as we share stories and laugh, learn, and grow together. It's the I'm Mom Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the I'm Mom Podcast. I'm Abby, and I'm joined by Susan, Chloe, and Megan, and I'm sharing this week's story. But before we get started, I just want to say that this story is an example of one of those like parenting moments that gives us a glimpse into the future. I knew that God was showing me something that needed my attention now so that I could handle it while my son was 10 years old instead of doing it at 16 years old. It was one of those really like wonderful moments where I got to do it at a junior level so that I could not have to, hopefully not have to face it at a senior level. Um, I can only imagine that I have missed a lot of these moments because <laughs> they take a lot of focus and intention to actually realize that they're happening. But I think every one that we can catch and learn from counts. So today's story is called No Means No, Mom. I should start by saying that my love language is physical touch. Um, and I only have my sons half of the time, otherwise they're with their dad. And so when they're with me, th- I, I smother them probably wouldn't be fa- safe to say I smother them with affection. Um, and anytime, like my little one especially loves hugs. He wrote me a note the other day and he slipped it. Actually, he called me from the other bedroom. He said, mom, can you come here? And I said, no, <laughs> I was right in the middle of something. I said, no. And then I never went. And he came later with a note that he said, I was going, it said, I was going to ask you to give me a hug. I was like, jeez. So, yeah. So I maybe have passed on some of that physical affection to them. But I was sitting on the couch one night and my 10-year-old was next to me. His feet were stretched out and they were on my lap. And I don't mind a good foot rub. And so I started kind of just rubbing the bottoms of his feet. And he kind of wiggled a little bit. I didn't think it, it tickled him, but he wiggled a little bit. And he pulled his legs back and then he put him back out and I did it again. And he said, mom, can you please not do that? And I said, sure. And he, he looked back and he goes, if that's okay. And I'm like, yes, that's just fine. And he said, are you sure? I said, yes, that's fine. I don't mind. And we finished watching the show. And so I let some time pass. And afterwards I said, Hey, come talk to me. And we have this little routine. Either one of the boys, they'll tell me if, if it's a serious conversation, or if they want my attention just to themselves, we know we're going to go to my room. We're going to sit on the bed and we're going to talk. So I said, Hey, come, let's talk. And I sat him down on the bed and I said, what happened earlier where you told me don't rub my feet? You don't have to worry about offending me or hurting my feelings or what I want in that situation. Like if you did not want me to touch your feet, you can tell me, mom, don't touch my feet. Don't ever, I said, don't ever feel like you can't be honest with me about what you want and don't want. And like I said a moment ago, this was one of those parenting moments that helped me look into the future and say, how else do I need to reinforce this with my kids that they're allowed to have opinions, they're allowed to set boundaries. And how else do we do that, you know? Um, and then he said to me, so I, we had this old talk and he said, I'm really sad. And I said, and it was like the end of Christmas break or something like that. And I was like, I know we have to go to school tomorrow, whatever. He goes, no, I'm sad because I don't ever want to leave you. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. And I, I we kind of laughed about it. I kind of chuckled to myself because I was like, oh boy. But I think what he meant, he felt at that moment, he felt really close to me and we felt close to each other. And he felt like 
he could be himself, you know, that's at least what I was taking from it. He could be himself and he could, he, I was a comfortable place for him to land. And I think for him, that meant I don't ever not want to be here with, with you in this feeling. Um, I wanted to talk about, you know, whether any of us are people pleasers, but then also how we help our kids set boundaries while also not letting them say no to us more than what is healthy and right for a child parent relationship. So any of you guys, people pleasers? I definitely am. I'm a people pleaser for sure. See, Megan, that surprises me. So we're all people pleasers. (laughs) Great. Most women probably are, I guess. But Megan, that surprises me because I feel like when we're in meetings together and things like that, you're very good at um, being direct. And that's something that for me, in my people pleasing ways, that's something I would struggle with. Yeah, I think it's work versus uh, personal. So in my personal life, like if someone's upset with me or if I have to, um, I don't know, I, I want people to be happy with me regardless. And even in work, I want people to be happy with me. I am a pretty direct person in general, though. So I think that's probably why in work, um, I think there's a difference kind of between wanting to please people. Maybe it's more of, I want to be well-liked. I don't know. Mm. I think Um, in meetings, she's just a good communicator. So it comes across as confident. I think it's funny though, because I really can't stand if someone's upset with me. Mm. Like I, I need to make it better and make it right and talk to them about it and fix it. I find that I'm a people pleaser after the fact, like I'll dwell on something like after I hang out with friends, I'll look back and go, did I say something? Did I do something that offended that rubbed people the wrong way? Cause I want, I want people to like me, you know? Yeah. So a lot of times I worry that I've, I've messed that up, but I also have a hard time saying no when I'm asked to do things. A lot of times it'll come out instead of no, if I don't want to do it, it'll be, Oh, I'll think about that. Or that would be great. And then I just never follow up, which feels really unhealthy and rude, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? What about you, Chloe? Um, yeah, I'm definitely a people pleaser. I feel like in talking, cause I've really been trying to work this out in my life lately. I'm trying to be better about setting boundaries because anyone in my life knows I am a, uh, a bridesmaid most of the time in my free time. <laughs> I've got a lot of people in my life that I love and, um, always the bridesmaids, a bride once. I was so. a bride once, exactly. yes, <laughs> but I, I feel like I get into these social obligations that I actually don't really want to go to. Um, and it's like a mix of FOMO. It's a mix of wanting to be well-liked. Um, I've been trying to really figure out what in my life is driving my inability to say no, because I don't think it's just being honest. I don't think it's this obligation to serve or like a joy in my heart to do the right thing. I think it's driven by, I want people to like me and Mm -hmm. I want people to think of me and I think it's very, I think it's a selfish reason that I try to people please. That's very honest of you. Just being real. (laughs) (laughs) I just want you to like me. (laughs) I read a couple of things. Some really good words about how to, how to say no in a healthy and graceful way where you don't walk away from that no feeling like you've dishonored the person. One of them is say no to the good in order to make room for the great. Mm. And another way of saying that is every no is a yes to something else. So if you say no to being on another committee at school, then you're saying yes to more downtime for yourself. Or if you say no to going out with 
girlfriends, it's because you're saying yes to being home on the couch with your kids at night, cuddling or whatever. And the other one is remember that no is a complete sentence. That is huge for Mm. me because I, I'll say no. And then I'll feel like I have to like come up with some elaborate reason. That's good enough for that person. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is so true. And they might follow it up with another question or, or another request, but one one at a time, you know, yeah. no might be just what they need to hear. Susan, are you good at saying no to social things? Because I feel like you are involved in so many things. I am not good. I am a yes girl, but mostly it's because I feel like if people ask me something, they need something and I have capacity. I was mm. like, oh, I could do it. I could do that for them. I could do this for them. I could do that for them. And whether it's kids, husband, you know, friends, uh, I end up, you know, I'm, I'm having a shower coming up by myself <laughs> because everybody's out of town. My friends said, I really, really want to have the shower that weekend. And so, you know, um, I say yes. And then I do find people to help me. And that does happen. Mm. So I can't say that. There's always other people who are willing to say yes to me. So I'm grateful for that. But I do think, yeah, I'm a, I'm a yes girl. My husband's and I, it's been a lifelong marriage thing. And there was a time in my life, I kid you not, where I literally was not allowed to say yes. <laughs> Without asking him. Mm. No, I I know that sounds really bad, but he's super disciplined. And we had a lot of kids and they all were in different grades and different schools. And I was saying yes to running this or that or doing this for a teacher or doing, you know, whatever it was. And he said, you're up till midnight every night. What you, you might as well go get a full-time job. Yeah. Which I did. (laughs) No, that's, we're in that boat right now. Trent, my husband has me, um, in 20, the end of 2021, he said, your goal for 2022 is to say no to something once a week so that you have at least one night at home because I can't have you run yeah. yourself into the ground. Yeah. yeah. So does anyone have the hindsight to think back to when you were kids transitioning this into talking about helping our kids say no? Do any of you, do you remember, were you good at saying no as a kid? Were you good at, at exercising some kind of kid level boundaries? Because I don't think I was. I didn't really give any peer pressure. It's not like the classic, you know, after school special of like, smoke this cigarette Abby (laughs) but I still think that I wasn't good at um you know just voicing my opinion and and saying what I wanted versus what another person wanted did anybody else remember what it was like to be a kid and saying yes or no I do remember like a couple traumatic moments where I probably should have spoken up for myself Mm -hmm. I remember I mean I this is just the pleaser me never got in trouble, like worshiped my teachers, like, you know, just was in that box. And I remember being in first grade and we sat at tables back then and it was like a double table. And I sat, was sitting with this person and she kept talking to me, but the teacher got mad at me. Mm-hmm. So I would be answering and the teacher would catch me. And it, it must've happened a couple of times because finally she got really mad at me and she made me stay in lunch. And I just remember just bawling mm-hmm. and being frustrated and, and guilty at the same time. And I should have explained to her, she's talking, she's asking me, it's not mm-hmm. me. But I never did. I just, in embarrassment, being such a pleaser, just felt it was traumatic for me mm-hmm. to get in trouble and yeah. be held in at lunch. I don't know. Is that a pleaser? Yeah, because I, think I, so. I couldn't explain. I just couldn't. I just shut down instead of advocating for myself. Yeah, you didn't tell the other girl to be quiet either. Right, right. I think I probably didn't say no in that I didn't like, break up with a boy or didn't, you know, like in relationships like that, I think I probably let a few relationships go on a little longer than they should have. I probably should have. 
that sensitive to feelings, though, too? It's mm-hmm. non-confrontational. You don't well, want to hurt someone. In talking about my 10-year-old, he asked me three different times, he didn't does want to this hurt make you, you mad? Yeah. Are you okay? So, yes, I think that they go hand in hand. But... It's not doing our child any favors to not set them up with the tools that they need to learn how to say no. So if we struggle with it, and maybe if we struggled with it as kids, how do we teach it to our children if it just doesn't come easily to us? Especially, so here's the other thing, your child saying, no, I don't want to eat broccoli. That's not the same as, no, mom, I don't want you to rub my feet, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so how do we, and Susan, I'm kind of looking at you for this one, in your experience, How do you know when to accept their no as exercising their opinion versus accept their no as uh, not accept their no because it's disobedient or pushing back and you have to lay down the law? Well, I think one thing to recognize the mistake I made, and I think I told this story in another podcast about my son who didn't want to have somebody over to play. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he kept telling me no. And I learned when the child came over that the child was just not nice. (laughs) And he was right. So first I underestimated his ability to read a situation because he was like five years old. So one know that, you know, some kids are, are, uh, have the emotional EQ, whatever to know when, what they need and what they don't need in their choices. So I think there is that thing, even in families of personal space. And in that Mm -hmm. case, your son was saying, Oh, that doesn't really feel good to Mm -hmm. me. Don't do that. But yeah, and then there's the other thing of, well, I am the mom and I'm I'm concerned about your body, mind, and spirit. And so we are going to do these three things and you have to do them. Um, But where they can make choices in in things that aren't required. In other words, no, I think you should, you know, do your homework before you go outside and play. So this is the rule that we have. It's best for you versus can I play with John or Sam today, I should have that choice if they haven't lost the privilege because when every time they have Sam over, something bad happens and you two aren't good for each other right. <laughs> kind of thing. So this is kind of a hot button issue then. What about when your child says, no, I don't want to give Nana a hug goodbye yeah. after she leaves? Gosh, that's so hard. I hear this all the time now. And it never used to be a thing that, you know, hugging your grandparents was going to damage you for future relationships because you were going to feel like you had to give them affection. Yeah. I think as a parent, if you clarify, hey, you know what? Just like you want to honor your mother and father, you you want to honor your grandparents. And grandparents are lonely Sometimes they're lonely and they love affection from you when they're here. Mm -hmm. So I know you don't like hugging them, but you do it for them. It delights them. And it is a safe thing. It's not going to hurt you. But where does the line get drawn? Because I definitely grew up in the like, can you give so-and-so a hug? But what about like creepy Uncle Joe? I know. That you get a weird vibe from. Or the church lady that comes over and and says a bit out of her. No, I think they're fine. I'm the biggest offender. I make James hug everyone. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, give him a hug, the babysitter, whoever it might be. I'm like, can you? Now today with like COVID and stuff, I'm like, wave, like say hi, whatever. But I make James hug ever. I mean, maybe it's just because we're around a lot of family, mm. but like his friends and stuff when he sees his little buddies, like I'm like, do you want to go give him a hug or, you know, I think I, mean, I don't like force him if he's yeah, not going to do it. I think it, asking but, is like, and I, I think kind of that. what Susan said a moment ago about when it was your son that didn't want the boy to come over and play. And you didn't realize that at five years old, he could make that decision for himself. I think that when your child, um, 
you, hopefully you can kind of key in on a concern that's more than just them being a stubborn eight-year-old who doesn't want to hug grandma because she pinches cheeks. And like you had that great conversation with your son afterwards, like, oh, no, I want you to be able to tell me that. If they don't, in the moment, you probably shouldn't push them if you can see they're hesitating. But later to go back and talk to them and yeah. say, hey, I noticed you didn't want to hug your aunt so-and-so. Tell me about that. Mm-hmm. Well, she's, you know, what what is it? Does she smell weird? Does mm. she creep him out? What is it? And then if it's something valid, say, you know, that's fair. I won't mm-hmm. say it again. Yeah. yeah. But if it is that she smells like mothballs, yeah. well, suck it up. Okay. Yeah. You'll be all right. Yeah. You might too someday. Yeah. And yes. you'll still want hugs. Yes. So, yes. no, my mom has a great article about asking whether or not your child knows how to say no and how to help them in just real life ways learn how to do it. And one of them you already mentioned, Susan, give them control of some things. We tend to orchestrate everything in our kids' lives, you know, between like what they, the clothes they wear every day and who they hang out with. But um, it's a good practice, those things that we don't really care so much about what they choose to actually let them do it and then honor and respect the choice that they make. So what toys they want to play with and whether or not they want to do a certain activity, those are all things that it's fine to let them choose. Um, Another thing is to let them practice no's with family and close friends. If you want them to do it with people who are strangers or people who are just acquaintances, let them start in a safe place, which so for me and my son, it was starting with Mm -hmm. me, but then also telling them, hey, you can say no to your brothers and sisters. You can say, no. most kids probably don't have a hard time with that. You can say no to grandma and grandpa and then talk to grandma and grandpa and say, I've noticed that this child has a little bit more difficult time um, standing up for themselves or not being a people pleaser. And so we're working on this together, kind of give them a heads up and see this each scenario for for itself. Um, and then also let them know that not everyone is going to comply as easily as maybe you will. So Mm -hmm. in my case, I said, of course, that's fine. I won't rub your feet. But when he says no to somebody else about whatever the topic is, they might not go Mm -hmm. that easily. So you have to prepare them to keep pushing. Yeah, I think too, knowing the child, like in the case of your son, he clearly is sensitive and intuitive to pleasing others. Like he could tell Like, oh, but she likes doing it. You know, why should I let her? I think some kids are very opinionated. No, I don't like that. Don't do that. You know, and those kind of kids you don't have to worry about as much because they're going to express. It's the sensitive kids who really want to please that you kind of have to coach so that they don't grow up becoming that overcompensator or, Mm -hmm. you know, putting themselves second always to others or at risk for doing things because there are going to be potentially people in their lives will say, but I really, really want you to. And even though they know it's wrong or they know they shouldn't or it feels bad to them, they're still going to do it because caring for the other person is going to come before what they normally think is right. Mm -hmm. It's going to weigh on them. So knowing your child and how much of a, you know, servant, uh, nurture, lover they are, where they might start. Mm -hmm. What does like educating your, preparing your child for people's negative reactions to saying no? How can... Like, what would that look like? Mm, that's a good question. I know we have a printable on iMom. Let's talk about peer pressure. And it has a couple of questions um, to go over with your kids. Like, do you spend a lot of time wondering what your classmates and friends think about you? Um, so I don't know if like a printable like that from iMom would help. Is mm-hmm. there any other exercises that you can do with your kids? Well, I think that practicing is helpful. Um, 
maybe even, you know, you could do role play with your child. I don't think, I think it might feel a little hokey at the time, but there's nothing wrong with you saying, Hey, um, these friends and I are going to go to this party and is there going to be alcohol? Well, yeah, but I mean, it's fine if you drink it. Well, no, I don't, I don't want to drink. Well, why not? I mean, just a couple is going to be fine. And I mean, it feels again, like an after school special, but (laughs) there's nothing wrong with giving them the tool. Yeah. Yeah. We used to say to our kids, if anybody ever comes up to you, because (laughs) we can tell the story about Megan when she first got (laughs) asked out to homecoming, but I learned really quick, they are going to get asked to do things and, and, and how do you table it? And so we'd say, gosh, if anybody ever just comes up to you and says, Hey, you want to go to this or whatever? Go, gosh, I'm not sure. I might have something that night. Let me check and get back to you. Just to get out of the conversation. Sure. Mm. And to be able to rethink later your reason. Do you remember that, Megan? Yes, I will never forget it because it's so good. Uh, based on the face that she made, yes, she remembers <laughs> it. Well, let me explain. So I was at a football game with my friends. We're standing right next to the bleachers, like about to go sit or do whatever. I don't know. And this is in high school. And all of a sudden someone comes up and like taps me on the shoulder and says, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm not going to say his name. In front but, of all our friends. Uh, in front of all my friends. Like we're all just standing there. Hi, my name is so-and-so. I go to XYZ school. Do you want to go to homecoming with me? Never seen this person. This guy. But he knew her friends. Life. He knew her mm, friends. But she did never seen him before in my life. Never met him. The fact that he had to tell me his name. I was just like, I, I was so caught off guard. This could have been and the greatest meet cute ever. Yeah. So made. you said yes, right? And so now you're like, married. I just was like, <laughs> sure. And I was like, what just happened? I feel like I blacked out. You said like, yes. You said sure. Yeah. I said sure. I didn't, wanna, like, <laughs> I didn't want to embarrass him in front of all my all friends. All these like, girls are standing behind her like, oh! did those girls you know, know him? They're freshmen. Yes, they did. Uh, maybe one or two of them, not all of them. Um, oh but gosh. I felt bad because I didn't want to embarrass him in front of all these people. Mm-hmm. But I was also like, I went up to my mom. I was like, mom, someone just asked me to homecoming at a different school that I've never met before in my life. And I said, yes. And for, and, and the funny thing is I walked up to the game. She was a freshman. I walked, I walked into the game and all my, a couple of my friends are all in a huddle talking. And I walked up just to say hi. And, and I, I knew his mother, she was standing there cause she had to drive him to the game. The, she, Megan didn't go to his school. They were freshmen. They, they were freshmen. And they go, oh, I'm not going to say his name. Just ask Megan to homecoming. Oh and I immediately knew, oh, she panicked because Aww. I just know her. I know. Yeah. And I looked at my friend, Jan, I go, so where is Megan? And she goes, I don't know. She's in the fetal position so, in the bathroom. <laughs> I texted her. I go, where are you? She goes, I'm up in the stands hiding. <laughs> well, also at this point, I'm a freshman at a brand new massive public school where I don't know a whole lot of people to begin with. I've never been to a homecoming. I don't even really know what homecoming is. Yeah. And I just said yes to someone I've never met at a different school. At a different school. I was like, <laughs> what am I thinking? A boys school. It was a boys I school. I was just about, I knew it was too. As soon as mm-hmm. you said it, I'm like, it's mm-hmm. the all boys school. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's kind of a normal thing. They have to ask yeah. a girl from another school. So from that, from that moment on, we practice with our kids how to leave the table. You, the mm-hmm. art of negotiation yes. is when you're in over your head, they teach you in business, you have to have your phrase is that you say to leave the table so you can regroup or talk to somebody about mm-hmm. it. And so we would say, if anybody asks you something, they could go, gosh, I'm not sure what I'm doing that night. I feel like there is something. Can I get back to you? 
leave the conversation. You didn't say no. You didn't say yes. You said, I'll get back to you. And you can practice what you say when mm-hmm. you get back to them. Yeah. And another tip, I think, Chloe, now that I've had a moment to think about it, I'm, I'm, I'm running the role play thing through my head. And I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> I kid would think I'm so lame if I made him do that. But I think that another idea would be, you can always blame me. I know I've read this in a yep. million I'm on articles. Oh, yeah. If you don't want to do it, blame me. Yeah. Um, no, m- my mom would kill me or um, my mom's going to be here in five minutes to pick me up yeah. or I have this tomorrow to do. Mm-hmm. And my parents said that blame me for everything. When I first told this story, I don't know if it triggered some thoughts in the heads of you guys about consent. I mean, I didn't, I definitely didn't want the conversation to go in that direction, but I do think it's important maybe that we end here that we want our kids to be able to say no, because especially our girls, because consent is such a big deal today when it comes to the workplace and dating and all that stuff. We want them to be able to feel comfortable with no and knowing when when something is safe or unsafe. And I did some research for an iMom article and found like these, these four rules that to me just make so much sense ways to, to teach your child. If the act does not check these four boxes, then it's not okay. Mm. And is this safe? Is this the choice of each person? Is this allowed by the adults in charge? And is this not a secret? Is it safe? Is it the choice of each person? Is it allowed by the adults in charge? And is it not a secret? And there's so many different situations that kids face that maybe cover like one or two of these or even three of these, but not the fourth one. And if the fourth one is not checked, then this is not okay. For example, or if your next door neighbor kid comes over and asks your son if he wants to play a game, but tells him, but don't tell your mom about it. The game might not be unsafe and your son wants to play and you allow fun games at your house. So it might seem fine, but it doesn't check that fourth box about it not being a secret. If you can give your kids these four like tests to run through, it will help them think critically when they're in these kinds of situations and then they'll be able to exercise those boundaries. I would kick it up a notch for any child that's starting to understand you know, self-regulation. And that would be not just, is it allowed by the parents, but is it right or wrong? And what is my standard for Mm. right and wrong? Is it the Bible? Is it my parents' rules? Is it the law? There's different standards of right and wrong. Starts with our parents' rules. It moves to what's legal in this country. And then the ultimate is, is it right or wrong in the Bible? Is it right or wrong in the eyes of God? And they need to start to understand that for themselves because we want to parent for the day that we don't parent anymore, that they're on their own. And when they're in college, there's going to be lots of things that come up that they're going to be like, well, mom and dad aren't here. And I don't have a rule on that for that. So what is my standard? They have to start self-regulating. Right, right. I think that this is like more critical thinking. And then, like you said, going to the next level is hearing, using your conscience and hearing what your heart tells you is right or wrong. Yeah. So how have you helped your kids learn how to set boundaries? And do you struggle with boundaries? You can tell us via the link in our show notes. And that's also where you're going to find links to everything we talked about today and links to our social accounts. And we know that you're really busy and anything mom does for herself often gets pushed to the back burner. So go ahead and subscribe to the I'm Mom podcast so the episodes come to your feed automatically. No effort on your part. And if you enjoy listening, be sure to rate us on iTunes so that other moms can find us too. Thanks for listening to the iMom podcast. iMom is the motherhood program of the nonprofit organization Family First. Along with our fatherhood program, All Pro Dad, we exist to help you love your family well.
Subscribe to our daily email, the iMom Minute, by going to imom.com slash subscribe and get tons of great ideas, insight, and inspiration. The iMom Podcast is hosted by me, Abby Watts, along with Susan Merrill, Megan Tigner, and Chloe Blumenthal. Edited by Isaiah Gunther.